You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Welcome back to another episode of the Scheist Podcast, Pick'em Show, 2023 edition. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Scheist. This is week two of the NFL season, and week one didn't quite go according to plan for a lot of people. Realistically, the big story coming out of that game was the injury to Aaron Rodgers, so unfortunately, his season is over, but... There's a lot of teams and a lot of football left, so let's get right to it, shall we? And away we go. Welcome to week two of the Pick'em Show. Neither of us did that well last week. We did, uh, what, we were both 8-8, eight and eight. Ridley was also 8-8, eight and eight, so a very completely mid-week for all of us, unfortunately, but now we're here. I'm your host, Nick Scheist. I'm joined once again by my co-host, my fiance, my future wife, Kristen. What's up, babe? Hey, babe. I'm delirious. I slept five hours. <laughs> I got to look at all these games, make these picks for the one person that's going to listen to this show. This is going to be an interesting I know. episode. They probably won't even listen because I went eight and eight last week. And they're like, this guy sucks. I did. I was nine and seven against the spread, though. So that was uh, decent enough. But we had a Thursday night game. So we're going to get to first and 15. After review, the result of the play is first and 15. It was... A rematch of last year where Minnesota went to Philadelphia, and I think it was early in the season, I think around the same week, actually, and last year, I think the game was 24-7, Minnesota sort of got like one-sidedly dominated, they did a good job of shutting down uh, Justin Jefferson. That wasn't so much the case this week, but this game was very lopsided at one point as well. Uh, this game was 27 to 7 Philadelphia in the third quarter. So, I mean, they had the game completely under control, but a lot of that was the Vikings couldn't stop turning the ball over. Like, they found every way to turn the ball over. So, they shot themselves in the foot, but the Vikings defense played fairly well early on. You know, they held it to, I think, 13 to 7 at the half. So, even though they were just turnover machines, they still were in the game. And, you know, Philadelphia had some interceptions on their own. Uh, they fumbled, or excuse me, they had an interception. They missed the field goal. So they gave the Vikings some chances, but the Vikings fumbled twice in the first half. And then they fumbled on their first possession of the second half. Uh, and I think that's it, but I think they have like six turnovers through 
their first two games of the season, and like you're not going to win like that. And you look at a team like Minnesota that was 11 and 0 in one score games last season. This was a point that was talked about a lot on the broadcast that uh, they're already 0 and 2 in games that are one score games this season, and. You know, they looked historically at the 52 teams, I think, that had, I don't, I don't even know what it was, but the number was like, there's 52 teams that had a particular type of season where they won one-score games, and then the following season, like, the vast majority of them had a worse record. So, Minnesota's trending in that direction right now. Dalvin Cook's out of there. You've got unproven commodities in K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison at the outset, or excuse me, on the outside, opposite Justin Jefferson. Hawkinson's a good player. Madison, I don't know what's going on with Alexander Madison. I mean, they've played two good defenses, though. I mean, this Bucks team, when they're healthy, this is a defense that won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. This Philadelphia team has a defense that went to the Super Bowl last year. So it's like, these are really tough first outings for Minnesota. So I think they'll start to be okay later because you got two of probably your harder defensive contests out of the way early, but they can't continue to play this kind of turnover-ridden football and expect to win. And I have Kirk Cousins again in fantasy because he's pretty consistent despite not being like elite and... I almost played him, and then I didn't, and, you know, through basically the first half and well into the third quarter, I was like, okay, this is easily the right decision, and then by the end of the game, he ends up, uh, you know, kind of like in garbage time, throwing for 364 yards and four touchdowns, so, like, Philadelphia, even though they were in control of the game, as soon as they took their foot off the gas, like, you could see that Minnesota is a capable competitor when they don't turn the ball over. So it's unfortunate that the first half was filled with that many turnovers and that sort of we've we started the NFL season with a lot of like bad games, uh, like less than stellar NFL product. So I expected Minnesota to compete in this game, which they did. And I actually had them at uh, plus six. So a lot of this game, I'm like, oof, and you know, if this happens and this happens, they can get close. But, you know, what they were down 20 at one point in the third quarter. I'm like, well, this shit's over. Maybe they get a garbage time touchdown here. It helps me in fantasy or something. And then I was just cheering for the over because I picked Philly to win and I picked the over at 49. So I was like, OK, well, the over is probably off the table. And then there was just like so much time left when Philly was up 20. There was 10 minutes left in the third quarter. So then it's like, OK, they're not worried about losing at that point. And they kind of back off in Minnesota, you know, they start getting it together. And I think you hit Jordan Addison on a long touchdown. Justin Jefferson still had a pretty good game uh, overall, had 11 catches for 159 yards. So still really like was able to have success against a defense that limited him. But it was under circumstances where the pressure was kind of off on both sides. So I think that's probably truer to who Minnesota is uh, when when we see them in the future philadelphia on the other hand they didn't look great in the first half either uh jalen didn't really play well but once they get inside the like two yard line it's just quarterback sneak touchdown i think he had two of those in this game so he got his fantasy points on rushing touchdowns but you know they had four passing first downs the whole game and uh 19 rushing first downs because deandre swift went crazy actually like 
I think he established himself as the guy in Philadelphia. Like, I wouldn't put Gainwell or Boston Scott or Rashad Penny over him at this point. He ran the ball 28 times for 175 yards and a touchdown, so it's like the best Eagles running performance since LaShawn McCoy left 10 years ago. Uh, maybe even longer than that, but... If they can play like that and Jalen Hurts can get away with, you know, going 18 of 23 for 193 yards with a touchdown and a pick, like, if they can succeed like that, then they're kind of where they were last year. You're, you would hope that Jalen Hurts is going to take that jump to the next level and be the kind of superstar that you're really, like, hoping that he is and he's going to be the franchise guy. I mean, he is regardless at this point, but... You know what I mean. Like, to take the to take the leap to not just being a fantasy asset, but to being, like, an elite NFL quarterback. So, I think... I think both teams will be okay. Like, Minnesota just has to get out of the tough schedule. But I think they can still win that division. We'll see. Because Detroit will give them problems. Green Bay is still solid enough without Aaron Rodgers where they can win some games. And then it's just the Bears, like... I don't know where the Bears are at, but you're looking at basically what was, if not the best team in the NFC, the second best team, them, San Francisco, Dallas, like they're all in that mix. And then you've got a team like Minnesota who isn't in that top three, but after last season, they're sort of theoretically like in the top five in the NFC. They should be a playoff team. They should have a home game in the playoffs, uh, but they're off to a tough start. And sometimes it's hard to overcome that. And I think they've been there enough, but with no more Adam Thielen, with no more Dalvin Cook, it's going to be harder than it has been in past years. So we'll see how it shakes out. But I, I was happy to get the two, the two picks and the the split on the on the spread. So all right, that's enough. That's not even 15 minutes. I did that in 10 minutes. So all right. Yeah. What's the first game on deck? Packers at Falcons. The Packers and the Falcons. Let's go. Uh, you got the two-minute timer up? We're going to do... Hold on. Two minutes to win it. Two minutes to win it. Yeah, we're good? Okay. Yep, let's go. Uh, so the Packers look decent in their first game, but you got Aaron Jones, uh, Bakhtiari, who I can't remember the last time Bakhtiari has been healthy, but uh, Christian Watson's questionable, too. Uh, I mean, if their defense is as solid as uh, advertised, then... They should still beat the Falcons in Atlanta. Just, you know, they'll they'll run it with Dylan. They'll make some easy looks for Love. And it's like the Falcons team isn't even bad. They're just, I think, a little bit uh, inexperienced. And Bijan Robinson, as much as everything was made about him, it was uh, Algier who had, I think he was a rookie last year, he was the one who had the two touchdowns and the majority of the yardage. So I think... Atlanta's path to success is going to be somehow controlling the ground game. But I think Green Bay's got a significant advantage on defense. So they should be able to limit, you know, a second-year quarterback with limited experience. And, I mean, like, him and Kyle Pitts have not really linked up. I think Drake London had nothing in the first game. So Atlanta is going to be very, very reliant on their running game being successful for them. And if the Packers can limit that and force them to have to like throw the ball to win certain situations, get first downs and like score, then I think the Packers are probably fine. Uh, 
Let me see what the spread is in this game. This is, where is it? Oh, there it is. Oh, Atlanta minus one and a half. I'll take Green Bay on that. Green Bay at plus one and a half. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the under is 40. I'll say under. Packers, Packers win and cover and under 40. All right, who's next? Uh, Raiders at Bills. Oh, man. Bills need this one in a bad, bad way. They they looked like ass against the Jets. And well, they didn't. The defense looked good. The defense gave up 16 points, and then the special teams got a kick return, walk-off game-winning overtime touchdown scored against them. So that's not great, but, like, let's, let's be realistic here. If Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over four times... The Bills were up 13-3 in that game, and I think they were up 13-6 at one point, actually, fairly late in the game. It's a game that they were in control of, that they should have won, uh, that they actually got lucky that Tyler Bass banked that field goal in to tie it and send it to overtime. So, honestly, the Bills should have lost in regulation. And I know the Jets have a good defense. They always seem to stymie the Bills with this particular defense over the last couple of years. I mean, I think two years ago. The Bills beat up on the Jets, and then last year, both of the games were close, tough games, uh, and Allen struggled at both of those games, and it just exposed some of his poor decision-making, so the good news is that, like, he said all the right things in the press conference, right, and I heard Ken Dorsey say all the right things as well, but at the end of the day, if you keep saying the same thing over and over, and you keep going out there and not performing, then... You know, how, how how much at your word can we take you? So the Bills are favored by eight at home, under of 47. And the Raiders only scored 17 points against a pretty good Denver defense in Denver. So I don't think the Raiders really run up the scoreboard. Maybe they get to 21, but I think they're probably in the same neighborhood around 16, 17. Um, and then the Bills... If they play right and they get their heads out of their ass, or if, you know, if they just don't turn the ball over, they should score 25 to 30 points probably in that game. So that would be right around the over-under line at 47. So I'm going to say over, and I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the Bills to, oh man. I might take the Raiders to cover that eight, though. Shit. That's ballsy. I know. But the Raiders are going to give the ball to Jacobs. They're going to ground and pound. Jimmy hopefully doesn't turn the ball over for them. And then it's going to come down to, like, can the Bills score consistently? And can the Raiders score consistently? And the Raiders don't have the Jets defense. But eh, I'll, yeah, I don't want to be too optimistic, but. So I'll hedge my bets. I'll say Raiders cover the eight, Bills win by a touchdown. What's next? Ravens at Bengals. Uh, ooh, that's a good one. We get uh, a Cincinnati team needing a W against the Ravens team on the road that struggled a little bit in the first half against Houston, but bounced back. It's basically a coin toss with uh, ESPN has the analytics matchup at 51 and a half. Uh, percent for the Bengals since he's favored by three at home in a in a defensive game where teams like to run the ball I don't know Ronnie Staley's out again Linderbaum's out Humphreys is out Andrew's questionable Dobbins Torres Achilles so he's done for the year 
I really, uh, this is, this is a harder game to call than I would like. I would like to think that Cincinnati gets a, a bounce back game here, but like they got run all over by Cleveland in the last game and you know, the Ravens like to run the ball. So I think they probably give up similar yardage on the ground, but, uh, you got to think that their offense is going to play better than it did. You have Burrow and Chase, so you got to hope that the offense plays better than they did, and they should. Three, three is a tough number, though, at home. I think Cincinnati likely wins by three, but I think they started, like, 0-2 last year, too, and it was another thing of, like, don't panic. You know, we'll be okay. Uh, but the under at 46, I'll take under 46 since he wins and covers the three points in a defensive run game kind of game. Because I think the total for both of these teams last week was less than 35 total points in both matchups. So, yeah, we'll go uh, we'll go with the under there. All right. Who's next? Seahawks at Lions. That should be a fun one. Um, I mean, Detroit's definitely riding high. Seattle's confused as to why they lost to the Rams, and they got scored on a lot by a team that was missing Cooper Cup, by a team that didn't really have their running back position locked down. So I think Detroit is probably going to score on them quite a bit. So I'll take the over of 47, because Seattle can score too, and they probably should. Detroit's defense hasn't been that great, but they did show that against a sort of limited Chiefs offense that they can perform so, eh, but that game got to 41 between those two teams. So I think Detroit playing against a lesser defense and sort of vice versa, they get over 47. Detroit minus four and a half is reasonable. Uh, Seattle needs the win. Detroit may be a little bit overconfident. So maybe Seattle comes in and makes it a close game. Maybe they even win. Um, hmm. It's going to be an interesting one. I do want to watch this game tomorrow morning. This will be one of the ones that we uh, put on in that AM slot to watch with the Bills. Uh, but Jamal Adams out. Uh, let's see who Emmanuel Mosley's out. Khalil Dorsey, Decker, Pascal for the Lions. You know what? I'll take the Lions, but Seattle covers four and a half, and we'll say over. Who's next? Moving right along. Yeah, Char I'm tired. Chargers at Titans. That's fine. Yeah. This is a game where the Chargers are favored 62.8% on the road against the Titans. Titans almost beat New Orleans in New Orleans last week. And you've got here Bosa questionable. Eckler's out. That's not good. Kendricks is out. Rumpf is out. Uh, but then you got Amani Hooker out. Christian Fulton out. So their secondary is weak against a pretty good Chargers passing attack. Does that mean this is going to be a Keenan Allen week? I mean, it should be. Uh, I don't know if I leave Josh Palmer in there. I know Mike Williams was like slightly banged up last week too, but without Eckler, they're going to not be able to just hand the ball to two running backs and gain 200 yards. So it should be a good Herbert week. Um, and the Titans have notoriously been a pretty good team against the run with this defense too. So, eh. Chargers by two and a half, though, on the road. That's tough. I, I mean, I picked the Titans to win in week one. This is definitely a spot where a underachieving Chargers team goes on the road and, you know, lays an egg. But they did score 34 against a mediocre defense in Miami. So 
I don't know. The over, though, at 45 and a half, over under, mm, I'll take the under on that. This is going to be a it's going to be a tough game because if the Chargers can't run the ball and the Titans just don't really have their offense figured out, it should be a defensive battle. <sighs> and the Titans don't have the kind of guy that is going to uh, break the game like a Tyree Killer or Jalen Waddle. So I see the game being fairly evenly contested. I just it's hard for me to trust the Chargers, but also to trust the Titans. So. This is, a, this is a tough one. Uh, but I think after last week, you've got to let Herbert have a chance. And it's the injuries on the Chargers defense that are concerning. And missing Eckler is a big deal. So, ay -yi -yi. both these teams banged up. The only thing that I'm most confident in is the under at 45.5. But I'll take, I'll take the Chargers because I have Herbert and I need him to play fairly well. So if he can throw three touchdowns, get them to 20-something and win a close, fairly low-scoring game, but just play well, then uh, I'll be okay with that. And they'll probably win by a field goal if that's the case. So, all right, what's next? Bears at Bucks. Oh, man. The Bucks, I think, surprised a lot of people, and I think the Bears surprised a lot of people in the opposite direction. I mean, Carlton Davis out, so that, like, they're banged up again. But their defense is fast, and that's going to cause problems, I think, for Chicago because we saw it in the Green Bay game that, like, Green Bay understands how to scheme against Chicago, and so we're going to see that. If, if I'm the Bucks, I'm just going to watch the tape from the Green Bay game and be like, how did they confuse Justin Fields? Where did they win their matchups? And then you've got really, really fast linebackers uh, on that team as well. So you can spy Justin Fields and give him a lot of problems. And we haven't seen him really like develop the kind of downfield relationship with any of his uh, pass catchers yet. So I think Tampa by two and a half at home with the under at 40 and a half is uh, fairly solid because Chicago only they scored 20, but they were like way out of that game against Green Bay. And they gave up 38 points. So both these teams kind of want to run the ball and uh yeah i've got to go with tampa i'll take tampa to cover the two and a half and we'll say over 40 and a half maybe no i hope so uh, what did I, I initially said under first i'm always wrong on this though so what was my instinct my instinct was under i should say over <laughs> Fuck it, I'll take the over at 40 and a half and just hope. All right. I mean, the Bears, they were 58 points total in their last game, so I'll take the over. All right, up next, Chiefs at Jags. It should be fun. Chiefs favored. Uh, Kelsey was back, I think, today. Or not today, but at practice. Edward Hilaire has been up, down, up, down. But he's not their primary running back anyway. I think the return of Kelsey will likely be enough but the Jags are pretty healthy at their key positions and you know this is a rematch I think of the playoffs from last year and Jacksonville can score but they they got a little bit more of a challenge from the Colts than they should have gotten and that game was contested into the fourth quarter 
So I think with Kelsey back and starting 0-1, I it's really hard for me to envision the Chiefs losing, and they're favored by three on the road. Over-under set at 51. I'll, I'll take the over. Chiefs win on the road in a, in a fun shootout kind of game. Let's go. Colts at Texans. Speaking of two of the worst teams in football, uh, the Texans in my power rankings retook the the bottom slot. So, I mean, this is a coin toss of like just who's worse. So I think the Colts uh, may be able to win. If they had Jonathan Taylor, I would lean towards the Colts. But, you know, both of these teams are out there with rookie quarterbacks in Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. So, It'll have that little, like, tidbit going for it. But in terms of the yards they produced in week one, pretty similar. But in terms of yards allowed, the Colts ended up really, you know, getting outgunned a lot in that department by the Jags. Uh, I don't know. The Texans are so bad. I'm, like, I'm tempted to say the Colts' defense, uh, their defensive pedigree should be better, you know. This was a team a couple years ago with Phillip Rivers that was like on the upswing and then they went to Carson Wentz and probably should have made the playoffs and didn't and yeah, uh, fuck it. I'll go with the Colts. Ooh, they're, they're plus one. I like that better then. So uh, Colts plus one and I'll say over 39 and a half with uh, two like mid-level D. Although Houston only scored nine points against the Ravens. Uh, under. Colts win at plus one, under 39 and a half. Next. 49ers at Rams. It's a fun one. Top of the AFC West. Both these teams scored 30 in week one. Uh, both of them did it against similar circumstances where Seattle and Pittsburgh were like knocking on the door of being a playoff team. They should have been a lot better in the offseason. They show up and get beat at home. But, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that the Niners are a better team than the Rams. But the Rams have Aaron Donald, and he's a headache if you don't game plan for him correctly. Uh, but losing, like, Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp in the offseason, I think also overall, like, hurts their defense a little bit, where, like, Aaron Rodgers knows the Seahawks so well. I mean, he, not like he doesn't know the Niners. They play them twice every year, too. But, uh I think it's going to take a bigger effort from the Rams to win than vice versa. Like, the Niners could play fairly poorly and still probably win this game, where the Rams would have to play really well and not make any mistakes to beat this 49ers team. So, ooh, Niners by seven in L.A. That's tough. That's a lot of points, especially for a road team. And they're taking over under 45 and a half. I'll say under 45 and a half. And Niners win, and I'll I'll take the Niners and the points on that one at seven. I would like to be able to buy a point a, or buy a half point on that if I were gambling on it. I would like tease it down to six and a half if possible. But that way, if the Niners win by seven, you don't get your money pushed. So anyway, next one. What's up? Giants at Cardinals. Should be a bounce-back game for the Giants, but the Cardinals showed that they're not as bad as I thought they were. Their defense, at least, is uh, pretty decent, but I think after getting, you know, obliterated 
40 to zero, looking horrible in the rain against a really solid Dallas team. Uh, I think I think the Giants didn't show how good they actually are. And maybe they're not that good, but they're better than they showed against Dallas. I think we see that against the Cardinals. Um, they're they're favored by four though on the road. I don't like that. If they were like two and a half, that'd be better. So um, I'm gonna take Arizona to cover the four, but I'll take the Giants to win. And we'll say that they go over 39 and a half. This is going to be like a 20 to 23, 21, 20 kind of game here. So let's let's go Giants. They're 64% favored there. Wandale Robinson ain't never going to play. He's been hurt ever since he came into the league. But you got uh, Collier, defensive end, is uh, on IR. Josh Woods is out. And then you got Buda Baker, questionable too. So... That's, that's not great. Waller got deemed healthy, too. So I think there's just more weapons. You get Saquon against a little bit more favorable of a matchup. And it's like every defense is going to look really slow in comparison to Dallas after uh, last week. So I think the game will slow down for the Giants and they win. They might even cover, but I like it as a close game. So what's next? Oh, speaking of Dallas. <laughs> Jets at Cowboys. It's the rare instance where I'm going to pull for the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, I think the Cowboys are a much better overall team. It would have been way more interesting to see this offense run by Aaron Rodgers against this Dallas defense. Um, but honestly, the Dallas defense got so much pressure last week and beat the shit out of Daniel Jones. Like, Aaron Rodgers, I think, would be under similar pressure in this game. Like, the Bills got to him a lot early in that game. They got a lot of pressures in those four plays, and one of them was a sack, so... And then when he left, like, the Bills still got to Zach Wilson a lot. So you're looking at a Dallas defense that's faster and has a better defensive line than the Bills. Uh, I think they probably wreck the Jets up pretty good uh, just on field position alone. Uh, and I know the Jets have a good defense as well, and it's going to not be super easy. Uh, but Dallas is maybe a little harder to scheme for if, if Dak plays well. So I, I like Dallas, and... Eight and a half seems like a lot against a good defense, but the, the only question is, uh, excuse me, the 38 and a half. Because Dallas scored 40 by themselves in the last game. The Jets realistically scored 16 on offense, so it's 56, but two good defenses. I think one, I think this ends up similar to the Giants game, actually. Maybe the Jets score once but i think it's it's possible that they don't so i'm gonna say their defense is good they limit dallas they don't let dallas score 40 but uh dallas wins by eight and a half and uh they go under 38 and a half next commanders at broncos oh who are the broncos <laughs> I, who knows in the off season it was all about peyton the year before it was all about russell wilson and, of course, they're going to have growing pains and stuff. And, I mean, Russell Wilson went 27 of 34 with two touchdowns. But, you know, you threw the ball 40, 34 times, only had 177 yards to show for it. So that's like you're throwing it not more than a few yards downfield the vast majority of the time. Uh, Javante Williams didn't look great. I don't know. Washington didn't look great either. But they won against a mid-level 
team. Oh, Frank Clark is out. No wonder. Uh, Dolchitz went on IR as well. Caden Stern, Stearns, the safety. I think he like broke his collarbone or something. He's out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think as as much as I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take Russell Wilson at home in this one against just a young quarterback, and that's that's the only thing I can lean on. Uh, but Denver by three and a half seems like too much for my liking in this game. I'll say under 38 and a half. Washington finds a way to hang close with their defense, uh, but Denver wins. Me, don't like this game. Uh, what's next? <laughs> That's it. You just don't like it. Yeah, don't like it. All right. I don't even want to watch it. But all right, makes sense. Dolphins at Patriots. I mean, the Dolphins should win this game. You you saw what they're capable of against the Chargers. I think the Patriots have a better defense than the Chargers do. But just, I mean, in recent years, the Dolphins just seem to have the Patriots number. And even when the Patriots were good, the Dolphins still were a thorn in their side because of the style of football that they play. So it's going to take a really great effort from the Patriots to win this game. Because the Dolphins, like, oops, you make one mistake and Tyreek Hill's behind you. Like, Tyreek Hill had, like, what, 200-something receiving yards? 215 on 11 catches. So... It's like 20 yards a catch. Like, that's in. That's just nuts. So, e- even if the Patriots control the ball, run the football, play defense, limit the opportunities, it's just any crack in the defense, and Miami takes you to the house. So, it's not that the Patriots can't win. Gillette's a hard place to play, but you're, it looks like you're not going to get rain. Um, but I like the over at 46.5 because... I think both these teams give up some points. Miami by two and a half on the road might seem like a lot, but also, like, two has never lost against the Patriots. So, and I think Mike McDaniel as well is going to use this as an opportunity to, like, really scheme against a a Belichick defense. Because, like, Belichick is good, and it's always been this thing of, like, oh, he gets the better of young quarterbacks, but, like, two has not been that guy so far for them. So, he's only gotten better. Um, maybe he doesn't throw for like 500 yards and four touchdowns or whatever this week, but uh, I like the over at 46 and a half. I could see this being like a, you know, 30 to 20 something kind of game again. It might be lower scoring than that, but that at least gets me into the 50s. So I'll take I'll take Miami to win and cover the two and a half points, and we'll say over 46 and a half. All right. Saints at Panthers. Saints should win because the Panthers did not look great against a pretty weak defense. And New Orleans got a better defense than that. Uh, Kendry Miller's questionable. I got to drop him from my roster. He's just dead weight right now because he was only valuable for the first uh, three weeks. And he's already basically going to be out for two weeks now. So maybe I get him for one game, but nah, fuck that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Chark is questionable. Horn is uh, on IR still. So I think Olave probably he eats in this one. I think Sanders probably going to struggle against a good run defense. As long as Derek Carr doesn't make the mistake that loses the game for them, New Orleans on the road by three with under 39 and a half seems totally realistic. So I will go with uh, Derek Carr and the Saints. All right. Ready for Monday night? Yeah. Show me what you've got. Browns at Steelers. Are there two Monday night games this week or did that not start till next week? Oh, I'm sorry. 
No, Saints and Panthers were also Monday night. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Browns and Steelers also Monday night. I see. One's no. at 4.15. The first one's at 4.15. second one starts at 5.15. So they're overlapping. Yeah, super lame. That uh, is super lame. And really early for a Monday. Right? I got to figure out how to picture and picture that. Uh, let's see. We got Deontay Johnson out. Anthony McFarland's out. Cameron Hayward's on IR for the Steelers. So it's going to be Pickens and Fryermuth. Uh they still, the Steelers did not look good last week. And yes, you're playing a very good San Francisco defense. Hard to look good against them. Uh, Conklin is out for the Browns. So if these, if everything is equal in terms of just kind of like where these teams are generally at, I'm looking at the yards allowed. And you had a, you have a Cleveland team that really put the clamps on a pretty good Cincinnati offense. And then you've got a uh, what should be a good Pittsburgh team that got obliterated by the 49ers offense, gave up 188 rushing yards, and you're going up against Nick Chubb. So as much as I do not like it, uh, Cleveland minus two and a half on the road. And then, I don't know, the Steelers scored seven against a really good defense, so... I think under 38 is realistic, but later in the season, it's probably close. So I'm going to say over 38 and a half. So hopefully that we get an enjoyable game out of that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's low scoring and shitty also. So we'll, we'll sit on that one just go Cleveland to win by two and a half or better. And we'll say over 38 and a half. I hope probably not, but I hope, I don't know. Womp we'll womp. see. Yeah. It's so weird this early on. Like, first week was like, what? Is this football? Is this yeah. really first week football? But I guess it is. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'll, I'll get Rid's picks in here in a second. Okay. And um, other than that, you have any parting words for us? You got you got anything you're cheering for in particular this weekend? I would like to win. I lost everything last week. I lost the pick'em. I lost both my fantasy leagues. The Bills lost. So... I would like to at least get one of those four things uh, correct this week, and we got up to a good start. You picked the Vikings, which, you know what? It I was, tried. Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad pick. Like I said, I, I thought they were going to cover the six, and hey, if they didn't turn the ball over the whole first half, they probably would have. They might have even won, so it well, wasn't a bad pick. Yeah, I'm hoping, since I'm going to miss most of the day, that that benefits me with me without me being paying, you know, without me paying too much attention to everything. Why are you missing most of the day? Hair and makeup trial, babe. Oh, that's right. In the morning. Oh, yeah. What time is that? Uh, your sisters are picking me up at 9.30. Oh, shit. Okay. Why? Uh, I didn't realize it was that early. I don't be watching the Bills game by my lonesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's all right. I'll probably fall asleep after the morning games are over. Especially it's if the Bills win, I can be like, ah, relax. Yeah, I should be back before, hopefully before the afternoon games, so, but cool. I'm bummed to miss the Bills game. Yeah, well, I, I think I can record it, so okay. if you really want to watch it. Will you wait for me to watch it? No. <laughs> okay. Just, I, I would like to say yes, but no. <laughs> if, it, if it were a primetime game, yeah, but there's, there's going to be so many other games yeah, going I on. I would never ask you to even, do that. Because even if I was watching all the other games, I'd be seeing the score yeah. during the Bills game. So, 
Unfortunately, no, not this week, but I know. I'll rewatch it with you. Okay, thanks. I wasn't be- really expecting you okay. to say yes to that. Well, that's good. I'm just being honest. In sickness and in health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mental health as well. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, putting up with me. Thanks for putting up with me. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> and I love every single one individual person <laughs> that listens to this. Uh, I hope you have fun with it because I do. And even though I'm not right on a lot, my career win percentage, I think, is 66%. So I, I still get two out of three games right, which is pretty good. Uh, I suck against the over-under, though. I'm, I'm over 500 against the spread, but definitely. If, if you hear me saying all these over-unders, like, probably pick the opposite of me and you'll do well. But I'm right around 500 there, too. I'm under 500, but it's like 45 48%. So... Do your own homework on the over-under <laughs> if you really want. Uh, or bet it live. That's a good way to do it. While the game is going on, kind of see the pace. But that would have bit me in the ass on the Eagles game because the over-under was 49. And then that game was like 13-7 to 7 at the half. So if you would have bet it at that point, it would have been trending less than 49. And then the second half of the third quarter hits and it's just a explosion of points. So on that note, it's time for... Rid's picks. I kind of like doing it this way where I just get to read her picks in one big bunch rather than having to go back and find every single game and insert the pick into that particular moment in the conversation. So, Ridley took the Eagles. So she started 1-0. Uh, and then she went Falcons at home. I don't think she picked a road team this week. So you can just look at every home team. Uh, Falcons over the Packers, Bills over the Raiders, thankfully, Bengals over the Ravens, Lions over the Seahawks, Titans over the Chargers, Bucks over Bears, Jags over Chiefs, Texans winning in an upset over the Colts in her book, as are the Jaguars. Uh, She's got the Rams upsetting the Niners, the Cardinals upsetting the Giants, Cowboys holding serve against the Jets, the Broncos beating the Commanders, Patriots and Panthers and Steelers all pulling upsets as she has the Pats beating the Dolphins, the Panthers beating the Saints, and the Steelers beating the Browns to close it out on Monday Night Football. Okay, we're going to get out of here. We got a cat who needs diabetes medicine. Happy Football Sunday. Thanks, babe. Take care, everybody. Adios. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. I do appreciate it. And I do believe that word of mouth is still the best way to help. So if you liked what you heard, then please tell somebody. But otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff helps too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. And you can contact me at nick at thescheiss.com or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills.